90% of all scientists that have ever been alive are alive today. That's a lot of information, but don't panic. It's not an exact science. Hey, Shannon, how are you? Oh, one more day. One more day. It's summer classes and I'll be done. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm out. I'm not going to, I would say I'm not going to answer my email, but we all know I don't do that anyway. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> hey, I got back to a listener email in less than six hours today, mostly because I was excited about writing it. But I figured it was because you're putting off grading. Uh, look, John, you don't know me. <laughs> 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 that is exactly what I was doing. <laughs> so I said in our banter before that I had 58 things to grade after midnight tonight, but the truth is I have 29 things to grade today that I didn't grade and then 29 more things. <laughs> tonight after midnight <laughs> so yeah sounds like the start to a country song <laughs> it feels like a country song when i grade it <laughs> it so, takes lots of liquor and lots of tears okay it's not that so, so I, i'm that that's actually a great segue because speaking of perception and things mm. being like something else oh shannon what is the color red Oh, we do this in my class. I mean, you know, the color red for me is different than the color red for you, but you're going to give me a wavelength. Well, but <laughs> so the color red can be defined as a wavelength, but our conception of red, yeah, exactly, is is all in your mind. Mm-hmm. See, this is where I have a whole class on how Western science wants to say that objectivity exists, but it can't because everyone brings their own their own bent to everything. So I always pick out a kid that's wearing a Sooner shirt because who the heck knows what our actual school colors are, right? <laughs> so right. you could get anywhere from like apple red to like blood red to crimson. And so I'm, I, t I ask everyone to like name the color of that shirt and it's never the same, right? And it's never like the Pantone number. Yeah, it's all about perception. It's all about perception. And so philosophers actually have a whole thing for this yeah of how we perceive things differently and they've got a lot of these thought experiments of you know, like say you met a being that could not feel pain and you had to explain pain to them hmm. uh, and there's actually a really cool youtube channel by a gentleman that has been blind since birth and he talks about what it's like to be blind and in one of them he talks about colors and he says well people say that red is hot and you know, blue is a cold color. And that just sounds insane to me. Oh, huh. He's like, I can't get, because he never has. And then there's a large debate among philosophers of whether our language or any language could ever evolve to a level where you could put a series of expressions together to create the same neurological response as you see when you see a color. Wow. I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Hmm. I mean, hmm. <laughs> I would think that that would actually be fairly easy. I mean, not to make it ubiquitous. That would be hard, but. But it's actually really not. And hmm. the conclusion they've come to is we would need probably millions of years of language evolution. <gasps> wow. Well, that's exciting to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. And then I found another interesting tidbit about this psychology experiment called the Sally Ann test. Okay. And basically, uh, you know, you can, you can go Wikipedia this, but 
the the idea is until a kid is around four, they don't have the perception that others have knowledge or perceptions different from theirs. Yes. I, as the mother of, yeah, <laughs> children that have been under four, I would concur with that. <laughs> right. A hundred percent. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. So the reason that I, I bring all of this up is brought to you today by the number 42. <laughs> Isn't everything brought to us by the number 42? It's true, but in this case, 42 degrees. Oh, Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to reach back to the report I wrote in Dynamics 2 on ice crystals to get that. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I thought it would be fun to talk about a natural phenomena that everybody sees. And generally, if you say what causes that... <laughs> There's a lot of shrugging in your nose. <laughs> you know, that thing does the refractive. You know, r- <laughs> raindrops and light goes through the raindrops and rainbow. <laughs> uh, and 42. Okay. And 42. And Look so, over uh, there. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, little rain showers running through our area right now. In fact, it's so humid outside, you step outside and you're instantly drenched. Oh, it's definitely Fourth of July weather. This is what I remember about every Fourth of July. It's so gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm, lovely. And uh, we actually saw a really gorgeous double rainbow earlier today. Oh, lucky. We got missed by the precipitation and we're not lucky enough to get to see any rainbows today but obviously something that's very exciting we have tons of pictures of them they happen a lot and yeah you're right people are like what makes that happen Ah." i mean if you're lucky you'll get the word refraction in there right mostly it's rain something about light yeah uh there's amazing you know many physicists have actually been obsessed with rainbows oh i can't even imagine how many theses are actually out there about mm-hmm. this so yeah mm-hmm. and my my actual my paper in dynamics too just to clear things up was about um uh other solar phenomenon and cloud phenomenon like you know rings around the sun and the solar solar and lunar halos and you know sun dogs and all that jazz i didn't really Which talk are related, about rainbows but different. yes correct <laughs> but but uh in i believe it was uh walter lewin in the book for the love of physics talks a ton about it. he became really obsessed with these to the point of like we try to create the geometries at the time he showered so that the sun would be coming in right so he would see rainbows and wow that is dedication it is and <laughs> once you understand the physics of the rainbow you might become a little obsessed too <laughs> i'm already obsessed with rainbows and unicorns have been since the <laughs> 80s <laughs> Oh, yes, but how are they formed? Rain and, yeah, you know. so <laughs> the sunlight hits water droplets and, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yep. well, what really happens is when the sun is behind you and is shining towards suspended water droplets, things have to be really small because they need to be spherical for this to work. Right, which falling rain is not. It looks like a pancake. Right, not a teardrop. Correct. 
I saw several YouTube videos that showed rainbows forming with teardrop-shaped raindrops. Oh, that's not hurt. okay. Not okay. <laughs> so you have these incoming light rays from the sun, which are white light, which really means it's light of every wavelength put together. Right. A lot of people say white light's the absence of color. It's actually all the colors. All the Black colors. is the absence okay. of color. Yes. So we've got all the colors put together. They come in to this water droplet. The speed of light in a water droplet is different than the speed of light in air because there's a density contrast. Yes, geophysics. Here we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if you look at some of the... I mean, you can model a rainbow with a ray tracing program, and it's just like oh. a seismic reflection. Yeah, easily. It is It is a earthquake producing waves that propagate through a spherical earth, and it, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... <laughs> All the physics is the same, John. Everyone knows that now. <laughs> right. <laughs> After 200 and something episodes. Oh. <laughs> so this white light comes into the raindrop, and when it hits that interface, it refracts, and the water is denser than the air, so the light does what? Well, it slows it down. It goes slower. Mm -hmm. So now you've got an angle difference, so you've refracted it, but then it's a spherical raindrop, which means it's going to hit that air water or well water air interface again right and at each of these interfaces some of the energy reflects mm -hmm. some of the energy is transmitted and some, some of the energy refracts refracts oh it's the exact same class it's crazy mm -hmm. <laughs> how many classes do we have about this 12 <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> let's I see mean, we took physics then we took cloud physics and then we took seismology yeah i a little bit in physical mechanics not really i guess but thermodynamics maybe hmm. yeah mm. i mean so, in mine go ahead <laughs> well so let's consider for a little bit what we call monochromatic light light of one wavelength Okay. So I get my laser pointer my green laser pointer that i love to use at presentations out of course and I'm shining it towards this raindrop. So it's going to go in. It's going to bend. And mm -hmm. I always think of, okay, so you could write Snell's Law out and figure out how it's going to refract. Right. The way I remember it is imagine you're driving a car mm -hmm. and you're on a paved road and on the side is a muddy ditch. Mm -hmm. Your speed on the paved road is going to be faster than in the muddy ditch. Right, yeah. So if you veer, let's say you start veering off into the ditch on the right-hand side as you're driving, mm -hmm. the wheels that get in the mud are going to go slower, and the wheels that are on the pavement are going to go faster, and your car is going to immediately skew to the right as soon as you hit that interface. Mm -hmm. yep. That's exactly what energy does at boundaries. Yeah. Nice. So it bends into the slower material. Nice. Okay. All right, so this, your little laser beam car hits this interface, hits the slower material, bends. It goes to the back of the spherical raindrop. Some of it gets transmitted, some of it gets reflected, refracted, and some of it gets reflected. Mm -hmm. That reflected energy comes back across the spherical raindrop, hits the water-air interface again, and some of it comes out in a refracted state. And that's what you see as a rainbow. Rainbow! Now, that description was using a monochromatic laser. So you're tracing a single path. Right. But, but white light is, is cooler. Yeah, because it's 
all the chromatics. Yeah, it's, you know, Pink Floyd album covers and, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> so <laughs> this is exactly like an earthquake physics, too. These different wavelengths of light experience a phenomenon called dispersion. Mm-hmm. So the shorter wavelengths, which would be your blues, are refracted a greater angle than the red wavelengths. There you go. Yeah. Makes so the, the blues bend more than the reds, and when they travel across the drop twice, they've got a lot of space to do that. Now, mm. that means if the, the blues are bending more, so the light comes in, and on that first, when it hits the back of the raindrop, the blues would be below, if you will, the reds, because they bent more. Right. When it reflects, things get flipped, like it's looking in a mirror. Right. So when it comes out and we see it, red's on the bottom, blue's on the top. Blue's on the top. Mm, Lovely. And the angle, if you do the math, between the incoming white light ray and the light that strikes your eye is 42 degrees. I love it because that's such a... It's not a weird angle, but it's like in my mind, I dissect it into all these separate angles. And I would never think to like calculate that angle. Well, the, the reason that I like to remember that angle is because if somebody says, I wonder if there's a rainbow or, you know, where is that rainbow? You can always answer and you can say it's 42 42 degrees degrees. from the anti-solar point. Sun angle. Well, the anti-solar point. Yes. Yes. Correct. If you, because the sun's behind you. So if you project that down into the ground and look up 42 degrees, that's where it is. Oh, my God. And they're like, oh. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't how have many go? friends. but Yeah, I was going to say, how does that go over? <laughs> I, I mean, at the imagine... kind of parties I go to, it's great. Yeah, that's true. I can imagine my brother punching me if I said that. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Um, I also did reveal recently, where was I? That um, on some Zoom meeting that I had been to many parties where we had old Weather Channel VHS tapes playing in the background mm-hmm. and it was like speaking to dead silence <laughs> and I was like I'm not kidding <laughs> right um yeah sorry that's lovely um that's fabulous but what about double rainbows well so one caveat here too remember that 42 degrees is based on water mm-hmm. so if you're looking at a rainbow that's a result of ocean spray it's not mm-hmm. 42 degrees oh uh-huh. Or any other substance. In fact, I found a really cool experiment where to demonstrate this, these folks, uh, <laughs> they, they took a pump in a bucket. And you know how you can get these little rainbows and lawn sprinklers? Right, yeah. Uh, so they did it with water, and then they filled the bucket with a sugar water mixture and did the same thing. Ooh. And photographed it both. And you can see that the angle of the bow is different. How cool is that? It's super cool. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's a a fun homework assignment. Oh, yeah. I mean, all homework's fun, right? But It's true. (laughs) You could do sugar, you could do salt, you could do all kinds of junk. You could do different salts. You could kill your lawn in the process from all the salt. Ooh, that is true. But it's for science. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So what about, like you said, double rainbows? Yeah. Or secondary rainbows, if we want to be technical. Ugh, nobody calls it that. 
Somebody um, calls it that. <laughs> I didn't. Have you ever ha- heard these called Alexander's Band? Well, so I've heard the the dark area in between called Alexander's Band. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. With Yeah. I've never heard that. That's really interesting. You need to listen to more audiobooks on rainbows. <laughs> what have <laughs> I been doing with my life? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, I do listen to so many more nonfiction books and I should probably attribute it partly to you. So I will have to do that. (laughs) So the secondary rainbow comes from a double reflection. Okay. So a raindrop behind a raindrop? No. So the light enters the raindrop, but this time at a different angle. So remember, light's coming in at all angles. To the, well, yes. at many angles. I'm not going to say yes. all. Light's coming in at many angles. And we're considering a special angle of incidence where this primary rainbow forms. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of trouble with this when I was first learning seismology. Because we always draw, like, this one ray. And I'm like, right. But it's not a, it's not a ray. It's, you know, there's a whole... And like, well, we're drawing the one that's interesting. Correct, but it's like a whole sphere of stuff going out. Right, and like you don't do a seismic reflection survey and then be like, oh, now I need to go turn on, you know, I need to go get my refraction (laughs) hammer. Like both of these processes happen at once is what you're looking at. Oh, gosh, yeah, which makes, it blows my mind that we can image anything, but anyway. (laughs) Right, so the secondary rainbow, light's coming in at a little different angle, so it goes into the raindrop, refracts, hits the back, reflects, hits the back again so it kind of mm, okay. kind of makes a square and All then right, reflects yeah. and then comes back out the direction it came in uh, but because of the geometry of these reflections that angle is 51 degrees mm, interesting so okay. the secondary rainbow is always going to be nine degrees off nine from the primary off. and every rainbow has a secondary rainbow you just can't always see it. You just can't always see it. Uh, I do spew that one quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of telling people that. And they're like, where? I'm like, you can't always see it. <laughs> Tell them it's nine degrees off. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, can't you see it? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. Have you ever seen a, a full circle rainbow? I haven't. So... You know, yeah, these are 42 degrees from the anti-solar point. So that means that half of it is underground. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the air, yeah, looking down at the ground and the sun is up above you, That'd you can so actually cool. get the full ring. That'd be I've never so seen it. Cool. Not the glory that you get if you look out and see, you know, the plain shadow and it's got ra- rainbow around it. That's not what we're talking about. Right. And you can find some pictures of this online. That's cool. Uh, but no, it is a full circular rainbow below you and not around the sun, anti-sun. Oh, that's awesome. Hmm. Yeah. How cool. So have you ever heard of the concept of a twinned rainbow? No. So this one's going to be... Um, Hmm. I'm trying to think of what that what the difference between that would be. Because when you have the double rainbow, like you have because you've got the way that it 
reflects and then refracts in there. Like one is Roy G. Biv and the other is the opposite way. Right. Right. So the 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 secondary rainbow is the opposite because it's reflected again. Yeah. Right. So it's reflected again, so it's got red on the bottom instead of at the top. Um so is this where it's just two rainbows that are like the exact same? What is it? I'm just trying to yeah. guess. So the twinned rainbow is super rare. Mm-hmm. And it's two rainbow arcs that split from a single base point. And the colors are in the same order. Same order. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And hmm. it has to do with what you alluded to earlier. You have... Oh, you've got two... It's coming from two different drops or whatever. It's exactly. not reflecting twice in the same drop. Yeah. You have a, you have a bimodal drop size distribution. And so some ah. drops flatten more than others. And you mm. get different path lengths, and you get two rainbows that are slightly different. Man, that's super cool. Angles. You would think that that wouldn't be that rare, right? You would think, but we're talking like 0.05 millimeter difference distribution, yeah. like okay. significant. Okay. Hmm. Um, but to do that, they had to do a bunch of ray tracing studies to even figure it out. And there has been a case cited of a three-branch rainbow <gasps> in nature. Oh, funky. Mm-hmm. Wow. I bet that one was a portent for lots of, you know, terrible or good news, <laughs> whatever right. you wanted to say. <laughs> but I, so those are super rare, and you've probably never seen one. Uh, yeah, no. But the the double rainbow, the or the secondary rainbow, is always weaker, right? I mean, it appears weaker, yes. Mm-hmm. So why would that be? Um, hmm. I'm trying to think if this is like a, a an eyeball processing phenomenon. Nope. No? Okay. <laughs> I don't know then. So you have two reflections. Mm-hmm. So you've got, instead of an entry, a reflection, and an exit interface you have an entry a reflection a reflection and oh. an exit interface oh, so you've just lost all of its all of its umph in it when it by the time it gets back to you right each of those interfaces yeah. remember some of it gets transmitted lose it transmitted through yeah that makes sense exactly correct okay yeah so hmm. that is why the secondary rainbow is weaker makes sense interesting uh, I did find a lot of other cool phenomena as I was researching this. Mm-hmm. So uh, I found a photo of a rainbow that was occurring over a still glassy body of water where the rainbow reflected off the water and a reflection of it appeared <gasps> in the sky. In the sky above it. Oh, cool. Which was really cool. <laughs> oh, that's super neat. <laughs> uh, and I also found some pretty interesting... So, you know, when the... When the optical depth of the atmosphere relative to the sun gets very long, like at sunrise or sunset, mm-hmm. and we mostly get the long wavelengths because we scatter all the short wavelengths in that high optical depth, and the sky looks reddish or orangish, mm-hmm. you can actually get monochromatic rainbows. I would love to see that. <laughs> so all of the other wavelengths sure are there, but our visual perception can't pick them up. Because it's mostly long wavelength energy in the air 
And so you get a concentration of it and you'll have like an orange sky and this thin red band going through it. That would be so cool. And you can occasionally get rainbows from moonlight. So not, again, not the ring around the moon. Right, right. But a, a true rainbow, but from moonlight. But the moonlight is so much weaker that most of the time our eyes, when, uh, when light intensity gets very low, our color perception gets very poor. Mm-hmm. So most of the time they are just observed as a band of white that gets more intense than less intense. Oh, okay. And usually from the side of your eye, I'm guessing. I, I don't know about that. I didn't find anything hmm. on what part of the visual acuity spectra That's you would see them in. Moon bows. And the only other crazy phenomena I found, and this one I, I never remember learning about, ever. Okay. Uh, though I'm sure at some point it was mentioned, is a supernumerary rainbow. No. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Tons of rainbows all stacked up and together. So these cannot... Act, you can't use geometric optics, okay. like what we've been talking about, reflection and reflect, reflection and refraction. <laughs> I, I desperately try to combine those into one process called reflection. Reflection. <laughs> I love it. So, time, time is money. <laughs> exactly. It's like folds and faults that are faults. Yep. That's right. So... <laughs> Uh, (laughs) These are alternating bands that appear sort of beneath the rainbow, and they're pastels, and they are interference patterns. Oh. So you get rays of light that have slightly different paths, uh, and as they are coming out of the raindrops, you get the concentration that you you see as the rainbow, but you can get uh, phasing that... Oh. constructively and destructively interferes and creates these... They really, they look like INSAR images That's, under the rainbow. That is awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, I did not know that that could happen at all, but I'm definitely Googling that right now. <laughs> and the theory behind them was developed in 1804. Man, that's awesome. Hmm. Yes. Wow. It's just, yeah, maybe people spent that much more time outside oh my gosh these are awesome looking (laughs) aren't they (laughs) oh man it doesn't even look real like i'd be like that's a cool photoshopped image that you did of that rainbow right like yeah no they look kind of like that um rainbowy pastel film that you see when oil's on dispersing on water yeah uh uh-huh oh gosh that's so cool looking yeah there's definitely a thesis in here (laughs) oh yeah Uh (laughs) i'm a rainbow chaser (laughs) <laughs> so hmm. the the other cool thing and part of the reason i talked about perception at the beginning is no two people actually ever see the same rainbow hmm. okay that sounds deep yeah because the rainbow Just, doesn't exist right right it's your eyeballs and the where you're at right right so the rainbow is something that you perceive based on how light travels from the sun through raindrops reflects comes back to the exact point where your eyeballs are Right. So a if you're standing beside me, mm-hmm. a slightly different set of raindrops yep. is involved in creating your rainbow. Exactly. 
and they might have slightly different geometries. And that's why if you drive towards a rainbow or away from a rainbow, it's always 42 degrees around the antisolar point. It never changed because different sets of raindrops are becoming responsible for the rainbow that you're seeing. Oh, I hope the leprechaun takes this into account when he's hiding his... (laughs) Right. <laughs> so no two people can ever actually see the same rainbow unless yeah. your eyeballs are physically in the exact same location. And that's another show. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was uh, illuminating, to say the least. Right. <laughs> and there's a lot of other cool optical phenomena that are caused by ice and different wacky geometries. But this is one of those that, especially this time of year, a lot of you might see. And then when, you know, you're at your 4th of July party and somebody <laughs> says, what makes that rainbow? You don't have to go, well, you know, water and the sunlight goes through it and fracks and, you know. <laughs> yep. Now you can say water and sunlight goes through it and 42, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with that, I think it's time to move on to a similar-themed Fun Paper Friday. Yay. Man, I love it when this stuff happens. I am proud of this one. (laughs) This is pretty good. This is in nature. Nature chemistry. And it was so short, I could text you a picture of the PDF. (laughs) Just when I think we've exhausted the wells of one-page fun papers. Um, something like this comes along. Uh, so a comprehensive overview of chemical-free consumer products by Goldberg and Kim Jobber. Right. And <laughs> this is one that is near and dear to my heart because it's one of those things that when people say this, I wince <laughs> and say, stop that. <laughs> when they claim that their milk or their lotion or their hand cream or their corn is chemical free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And so those, those Dow commercials aren't lying when they say chemistry is everything is chemicals, whether it's natural or not. Right. Is a different story. I mean, you know, there's those craft uh, singles that I like to put on my cheeseburgers oh, that gross. are purely a product of Dow chemical. Completely unnatural. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but the cheese I like to put, the Tillamook, um, you know, <laughs> lovely, it's not even organic, but you know, cheddar cheese is also still chemical. Right. I mean, water is you know, dihydrogen monoxide. It's a oh. chemical. Gosh, my high school self is laughing because what a great joke, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, yeah, chemicals all held together by the power of physics, but that's another uh, dichotomy we can get to. Which is really just math. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love these fights. So this abstract, right, it says just what you said. Lots of people claim that things, especially in edibles and cosmetics, are chemical-free. Yeah, and so uh, (laughs) the, uh, the last sentence of the abstract, or of the paper abstract... (laughs) is uh, (laughs) herein are described all those consumer products to our knowledge that are appropriately labeled as chemical free. The next section section is the references. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> followed by acknowledgements. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> competing financial interest, which is the best. <laughs> uh, um, where the um, you, you'll have to read it because the text isn't quite clear to me. <laughs> The authors declare no competing financial interests, though would have short-sold rubber ducky sunscreen on principle if it was publicly traded. <laughs> oh, this is great. As well as the um, tag at the bottom that says sort of published in Nature Chemistry 2014. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I love some of the references where they link to things like chemical-free sunscreen. My favorite is a chemical-free chemistry, chemistry set. <laughs> I could read that one. <laughs> chemical-free bassinet mm-hmm. and chemical-free eggs. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, chemical-free chemistry set. That's beautiful. <laughs> you can't even say have this air. <laughs> can't even right. say that. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Yep, that's a good find. Always so, love those. <laughs> this was a uh, an excellent paper. And, you know... Rainbows are chemistry too, so that's right. Go and out physics. and find your uh, find your favorite uh, alcohol-based chemical <laughs> concoction, <laughs> if that's appropriate for your age. Correct. And <laughs> enjoy a uh, a rainbow as the sunlight hits water, and you know, you know. <laughs> well, Shannon, if folks would like to send us pictures. Of their rainbows, secondary rainbows, super supernumerary rainbows, reflected rainbows, monochromatic rainbows, <laughs> or other higher order optical phenomena. How can they send those in? Oh, show at don'tpanicgeocast.com. I'd love to get those because, um, as John said, I'm avoiding grading. Um, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Shannon Doolin. John is at geo underscore Lehman. Together we are at don'tpanicgeo. Geo. Um, we'll get John back into that Slack chat room. Maybe we'll throw some of these optical phenomenon pictures around. We're in the software underground on the Don't Panic channel. And as always, thank you to our Patreon supporters for keeping us going. You can support us as well, patreon.com slash don'tpanicgeo. And until next week, remember, don't panic. It's not an exact science. Any opinions, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed are solely ours and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers or funding agencies.